Welcome to I Wish I Knew, a Twitter research podcast. Each episode, you'll hear from different researchers at Twitter as we explore why research matters and celebrate the people and culture surrounding the work. Research is the spark that ignites countless insights, ideas, and solutions. It connects us to the humanity on the platform in deeply empathetic and inspiring ways, and it helps us better serve the public conversation. So we hope you'll join along and tweet us your questions at Twitter Research. Welcome to our first episode of I Wish I Knew, a Twitter research podcast. I'm Brittany Mills, and I lead the revenue diversity team here at Twitter, and I'm joined by my fellow fabulous lead, Reggie Murphy, who heads up our creation and conversations team. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we'll chat about all things research and our career journeys, as well as what makes Twitter so special, especially the Twitter research team. That's right. Housekeeping note for all of you. Reg and I will be hosting this first episode only because we have so many researchers and leads within Twitter that have interesting stories and perspectives to share. So we want to spread the love around a little bit. So Reg, let's tell them a little bit about ourselves, maybe who you are, what you do here at Twitter, and a quick background on how you got here, like why research. I'm Reggie Murphy, and I lead the Creation Conversations team here at Twitter. I've been here almost a year. Boy, time is flying by, Brittany. You're a veteran, almost a year. Uh, Right, I know, I know. I kind of stumbled and fell into being a researcher. Right after undergraduate school, I majored in history, and I was wondering, what am I going to do with this history degree? And since I was working at the campus radio station doing news, I thought I wanted to be a news reporter. But I ended up doing an internship at a radio station because I I loved radio. I worked with the sales development team as a uh, sort of a research analyst. And basically it was my responsibility to pull together research materials that the salespeople could use when they go out to sell advertising. But, you know, Britt, do you know the one important thing that you need to be able to do as someone who is selling advertising? Hit me. What is it? (laughs) Actually make a sale. (laughs) Makes total sense. Okay. I was horrible at it, but you know, I would love it when they would say, Hey, Reg, that's an awesome presentation. I love that research. (laughs) So that's what really inspired me. And I went back to graduate school and I ended up in a doctoral program that was focused on communication. But one of the things that was really interesting to me was this idea of consumer research, you know, going out and trying to understand how people were using various products and services. As I moved on in my graduate program, I just became obsessed and just fascinated with human beings and understanding how they behave, especially with technology. One of the very first projects that I conducted in one of my classes, I was interviewing people who had just got access to our campus email system, and they were able to email their parents back home. And after the first couple, just like you, I was starting to interview someone who was delighted and fascinated by this piece of technology that allowed her to communicate with her mother from thousands of miles away. At the time, like I didn't know that this was a career field at all, but it was just interesting at that moment, feeling like, hey, I think I can do this. I think I have a knack for interviewing people and understanding people because I'm just a naturally curious person to begin with. I did not know that I would end up in this business. It just happened. 
It's funny because I feel like, you know, I have never met someone who knew they wanted to do research as a career. They grew up wanting to be a researcher. It's always some type of like nonlinear story, like what you're mentioning. I was a failed therapist. I was a therapist for a few years. I loved it, but I, what was driving all of that is wanting to like help people. I love the the aspect of helping people. So people are listening to a failed salesperson and a failed therapist. <laughs> failed previous careers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get to why that's important. I was really driven by wanting to help people and loving that aspect of therapy, but there was, you know, a lot of red tape and politics and hoops to jump through that I wasn't cut out for. So I had similar to you kind of like a quarter life crisis of what I, you know, this is what I went to school to do. What am I going to do with my life now? And I happened to be in a doctoral program at the time. And I had gratuitously <laughs> a professor who had connections with Sesame Workshop, which was right across the street from my grad school. And I didn't know anything about that other than Sesame Street. Everyone loves Sesame Street, right? But they needed someone to come in and moderate sessions with kids with learning disabilities, and they were testing out a new iPad game. And I was like, I could do that. I have experience with kids. I just spent, you know, four years as a therapist working with kids. And I did two of these sessions, Reggie, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is a job. This is so people get paid to ask questions and like play with toys. And I didn't know that that was even a viable career path. I didn't know that companies had these people who, you know, tested out their products. It totally makes sense now, but not something that I knew about. So that was kind of my original sort of foray into research. And I just fell in love with the idea of helping people at scale, like testing some of these products, being able to make changes in them so that it helps people live better lives. Yeah, so before we get too far into things, we should probably give everyone an overview of what Twitter research is and the types of work that we do. Good call. Good call. Okay, so we at Twitter research have been doing kind of a, we've been going through a big transformation in the past you know, year and a half or so, where we've been really trying to increase some of the capabilities that we have internally so that we can maximize our impact within the organization. Some of the things that we've been doing centralize around this vision that we have for Twitter research, and it's this. We believe that Twitter research should be the insight engine that makes customer centricity a competitive advantage for Twitter. So what the heck does that mean? That means it's on us, this team, to make sure that other teams at Twitter care about our customer and that we are building with them in mind all the time. Absolutely. We want to help our teammates inside of Twitter see the world as our customers see it. That's what we want to do with our research. And uh, I find that just fascinating. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's like, how do we even do that? We have different teams here that work across Twitter. Some of them are focused on consumers, the people that use Twitter, and some are focused on revenue. So different products and things and ways that Twitter makes money. Reg, since you're on that consumer side, why don't you walk us through some of those teams on your side of things? So the way the consumer teams work and the way we're structured is that we have sort of three big work group areas. The first is health. So the health team, they are focused on all things 
abuse, harassment, toxicity on the platform, as well as misinformation. You know, that's a big thing that we are focused on and we need to be focused on for obvious reasons. The second group, they're focused on discovery and connection. So if you think about Twitter and you have, let's say, used a search to search a hashtag or just to explore and see what's happening, that's what that team is focused on. That's the nuts and bolts of Twitter right? Yes, that is it. Those are the nuts and bolts of Twitter. And so the third team, the team that my research team sits under is called creation and conversation. So this is everything that's related to creating the tweet. So expressing yourself on the platform and having a conversation. So replying to tweets, quote tweeting, as well as sending direct messages. And you have probably seen our fleets product. So fleeting, as well as our Twitter spaces product. So these are the types of projects that my team is working with. So tell me about what is happening over with our revenue side of the business. We have a team that's focused on what we call foundations, which is our advertiser experience and sort of perceptions of Twitter, right? If you're an advertiser, how do you advertise on the platform? What is that like for you? How do we improve that experience for you? We have a team called Outcomes. That team focuses on all of our advertising products and making sure that those products work the way that they're supposed to. So if you are an advertiser and you come to the platform, the Outcomes teams make sure that the advertising campaign that you're trying to set up actually works. And then you have my team, the Revenue Diversity team, where we are focused on trying to understand, you know, outside of that sort of advertising perspective that I just mentioned, that's a big way that Twitter makes money. And our my revenue diversity team focuses on other ways that Twitter may be able to monetize or make money outside of advertisements. So that can look like subscriptions, that can look like exploring you know, ways that Twitter could have an e-commerce product, things like that. Outside of the revenue and consumer side of the things that we do, we actually have a couple other teams that are slightly more kind of like cross Twitter focused. We have a quantitative research team, which is focused on improving some of our quantitative capabilities and some of our ability to look at our Twitter customer across the entire company, right? So from everyone to a consumer to like a large advertiser, what are all those customer segments in between and what are they doing on the platform? Like what behaviors are, are we seeing from them? And then our very last team, shout out to these guys, are our research operations team. This team makes sure that we are working with the best vendors possible, that we are able to recruit the types of participants that we need for our studies. They are really making sure that research is a well-oiled machine. So hats off to those guys. So as you can tell, we cover a lot of spaces. I mean, we work literally across the entire company. Every department, every role here at Twitter gets the value of what we do. That's actually a really good segue into my next question for you, Reg. Like we know what research is and we understand what we do every day, but how would you describe what you do to somebody who isn't familiar with our function? Well, often when I talk to my friends or even my family, I tell them, I said, you know, research, everyone really in the world is a researcher. We're always researching things. We're looking to find out and uncover things in the world. But if I were to break it down, I would say research is like, let's say you wanted to go on a vacation. 
first you say, hey, I want to go on a vacation. But you may go online and you conduct searches, right? You are going to go to various websites to pull up various places that you might want to go. You'll look up prices. You're trying to find a place to stay. How are you going to get there? What are you going to eat when you're there? You might even go and ask your friends. You're asking for recommendations and tips. What should I wear? What should I take with me? Should I go on an excursion? All of that is a research activity. That's what we do. We are investigators. I love to use that word. We are investigators because we're trying to understand how our customers experience our platform. How would you explain your job to your family members? I've described it as we are responsible for putting together the puzzle that is a customer for a company. So like pieces of that puzzle could be things like how are they feeling? What are they doing? Why are they making the choices that they're making, right? And we use it a whole bunch of different methods to get those insights or those little puzzle pieces, but it's our job to put them all together in the right order <laughs> so that it makes a picture that a company can then take and make decisions about. I've done one of those thousand piece puzzles. Those things take a long time, <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there trying to figure out, oh, my goodness, I've got this little piece that I just cannot figure out where it goes in the bigger picture of things. And so sometimes research takes a little bit and it takes a while. That's such a good way to think about it. We're, we're kind of like those people, especially now during coronavirus, where we don't have a ton of other things to do, right? It's good that we already have these puzzle skills <laughs> because we're enacting them all the yeah. time. I know that research can look different at various companies. I've been fortunate enough to work for companies that really value research. And so I thought we'd talk a little bit about some of the companies before Twitter that, that we've worked at. Every company is different in how they are organized just from a structural standpoint. And so the companies that I've worked for where research is the center of the conversations, where research is a cornerstone, a foundation, you know, how you build in a house and research is the foundation. Those are the companies that I've had uh, the best experience working with because I know that the work that I'm doing is valued and is going to be shared and action is going to be taken when I have shared information with them. What about you? What about the companies that you've worked for? I've worked at a, a variety of different types of companies, both agencies and what we call client side, tech companies, media companies, toy companies. I've been all over the place, probably tested everything you could possibly imagine. But throughout some of those experiences, what was missing for me is I was never able to understand what they actually did with my research. So that is what made me kind of want to transition to the client side because I thought, you know, on this side of things, I'll at least get to see kind of like the impact of my work, right? And and I can talk forever about how that happens at Twitter. You want to work at a company who sees the value of the work that you're doing now and how it could help move the company forward in the future. Our past experiences kind of brings me back to Twitter. What do you think makes Twitter so special? Like what keeps you here? Well, first of all, I like the fact that we're strategic partners with all of the different cross-functional stakeholders that we have. We are, what we say internally, is we are co-founders 
of the problem. Like we are in it to win it from the get-go, from the jump, as we like to say. I always get chills when we say that. Co-founders. Exactly. We are co-founders. And so I love that. We do not validate. So we co-own the problem. And we are there from the very beginning of the product development process. It doesn't work like that at a lot of different companies. And it hasn't traditionally worked like this at Twitter. So I believe that now we're at a point where we're able to have very candid, authentic conversations, real conversations with our stakeholders from the very beginning of the product development process so that we can ensure that every product that's developed at Twitter has a defined customer problem that we're trying to solve and that we help these teams that we're working with unearth those needs and work with the design to visualize what is possible. It is so true. It makes me like fired up every time we talk about this. It's it's so dorky, but like, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, we are researchers. Okay. This so. is what we love. I mean, <laughs> I also kind of feel like if we do our jobs well, people who use Twitter have better lives. I know that sounds very lofty, but we can help people find communities. We can help them grow their business, knowing that we're helping people and, and at such a high volume of people, right. By bringing their stories to life is so impactful and honestly, a little inspiring. It's been a long time since I said a job was inspiring. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. The type of team that we are building here at Twitter is the type of team that is collected from a variety of different backgrounds and perspectives who can help sort of push our thinking from everything from, you know, what we do from a methodological standpoint all the way to strategy. And that's what to me is amazing, right? Yes. We don't have just one type of researcher, right? Like we've got academics, we've got social scientists, we have teachers, ex-government workers. Like we have even therapists, if I do say so myself. We have so many different types of people with different types of experience. And each one is sort of adding something unique to our team and, and adding something to how we understand our customers, right? Like we don't just want to be another tech company that only hires tech researchers, right? Like we're, we're really building a team, you know, a diverse team of diverse perspectives and welcoming those with research experience in adjacent fields, right? Like everything is translatable for us. We're doing all of that, but we're also bringing a level of rigor and customer obsession to the forefront of this process. And not a lot of companies do this like I think we're doing right now. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, and there's a lot of growing pains, right, with building in public and testing in public, right, and and bringing our research right into the product and doing everything live, right, instead of going off and having sessions on the side, right, that we're all used to. There's definitely some growing pains that come with that, but I think that's been pushing our team forward. Yeah, research should not be a black box. And exactly. You may, you, you may hear this term a lot, but it's like, we're going to design XYZ and, oh, let's bring the research team in. Okay, now everybody goes into this black box and right. a year later, <laughs> you know, voila. I heard someone say once, Reg, they said, well, I know research goes off to the whiteboard and does something and then comes back. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how it should be, right? We That's not how it is at Twitter. We are there every step of the way with the teams building in public. 
Right, exactly. And we know that we add a lot of value to the product development process here at Twitter, but how would you say we are measuring some of that impact? I mean, the easiest way to think about it is probably whether or not we help the company make a decision to build something or not, right? Yeah, is that one way? I think that probably is the easiest way to think about it. Research is sort of one of those functions that can help push things along silently in the background if we let it, right? And being able to draw a clearer picture of our impact is really important for us as a function. I think it happens in a few different ways. I almost think about it like four different buckets, things that make us money and have a direct impact, things that save us money and have a direct impact, and then the exact reverse, right? Things that make money but are indirect impact, things that don't make money and have an impact. <laughs> That's a lot, so let me break it down. Right. Um, <laughs> so for direct impact of research that makes money, we would see things like an increased revenue. Right, right. And the direct impact that saves Twitter money would be? I'd consider those to be internal process improvements, like collaboration right. improvements, new tools, stuff like that. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. And so indirect impact that makes money would be things like increasing retention or engagement, usability improvements, yeah. those sorts of things, right? Yes. And I feel like indirect impact sometimes is, is a fuzzy area, but right. but there are definitely ways to measure that. And that last bucket is these things that have indirect impact but save us money. So those types of things would be more organizational, like you know making sure that a team gets more headcount or more resources based on the work that we've done. Exactly. So if you if I were to sum this up, the experience researcher at Twitter, like we are, our impact is felt on the revenue side of the business, uh, customer satisfaction, customer engagement, retention, organizational structure, as well as the policy decisions that our company makes. Before we close out this episode, we'd like to answer a question we hear often on our Twitter research handle, which is at Twitter research from folks wanting to get into the research field. All right, here's the question. You ready? Got it. What is the one skill you'd say a new researcher must have? Oh, this one's always so hard for me because there are so many that I would love to say is important. But if I had to pick one in this moment, I would say one hard skill that's really important in research is synthesis skills. So being able to find and piece together disparate pieces of information from a bunch of different sources and pull them all together in a cohesive narrative. Very similar to that puzzle that I was talking about earlier, <laughs> being able to find all those little pieces and starting to make that puzzle and that picture of the customer for your partners. What about you? I would say being able to create a point of view. I know that may not sound like a hard skill, but it's very important in our business that after you have completed the research and after you have analyzed all of your data and you're ready to present it, what's important is to be able to frame a point of view, a very strong point of view about what your cross-functional partners should do as a result of the research that you have learned. It is pivotal. Because what could conceivably happen is that you conduct research and you share findings and 
and that's it. (laughs) No one knows what to do with it afterwards. So it's a very important skill to have as a researcher to be able to craft a point of view and to be able to advocate for it once you're uh, sharing your research back to your partners. I like that a lot. It's like taking the puzzle that I was talking about and being able to then turn around and tell your partners why it matters or why that picture is forming, right? (laughs) Like and what they need to do with that picture. I love it. Well, I hope these insights were helpful and we can't wait to start answering more of your questions on Twitter in future episodes. Thank you all so much for tuning in to our first episode of I Wish I Knew. We covered a lot today, didn't we? We really did. (laughs) How we described our jobs, uh, how research at Twitter works. We talked about how we measure success here at Twitter. I mean, we could go on and on forever about research as a career and how awesome research at Twitter is. So feel free to reach out to us. I'm at Brittany H. Mills or Reggie is at Reggie Murphy. Or join the conversation and tweet us any questions at Twitter research to have them answered in future episodes. We'll have a new episode coming soon, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out. 